me and the boys from the mafia, we went out one night. It was a Saturday, and we started off having spaghetti. A spaghetti and a tomato sauce. Oh, it was lovely. It was made by the Mamma Mia of the family. Lovely woman. But look at her wrong. She take the eye out of your face. Now, usually I'd have to sit down for a half an hour to an hour after the big spaghetti dish and having all the desserts and all the different courses on top. I'd have a sit back, but the boys, there'd be the same 14 lads I'd be heading out into town with and they wouldn't want to be hanging around. So they'd loosen their their trousers a bit and head out dancing. Now what I do, unbeknownst to the boys, is I'd call an ambulance in advance because they'd get this awful stitch. Oh, it was an awful stitch some of them would get. And they dropped their knees while they'd be dancing on the floor, giving it the moves. Oh, the girls would be loving it. Very handsome, very handsome boys, the Italians. Lovely looking. But they wouldn't give their dinner a chance to go down. They'd be thinking about other things. They'd be thinking about getting the, the ladies. They wouldn't be able to to rest and wait. And so that's where the ambulance come in and there'd be a couple of paramedics at the back with me having a couple of, you know, a couple of glasses of water waiting for the lads to drop. And then they'd be in the back, the ambulance, and they'd be having uh, the disparate, whatever else they could get their hands on you know, to help them digest all the food. What they'd really need, thinking about it, is a place between the dinner in the homestead with Mamma Mia and the club, almost like a vomitarium, where they can get it all out and then move on uh, to their next course, if, if you want to put it that way. We all wore those... Shirts with the wide collars back then. And they were all silk ones. They liked the, the cream silk shirts. And for some reason, my collar always was the widest. I always had the biggest collars and the biggest moves on the dance floor. Oh, Oh, I busted it out. Oh, I busted it out by... Everyone was staring, everyone was looking. Ah, oh, no one could do the moves like me. No one. Believe it or not, the first person who had the name Pussy Galore back in the, the disco scene, the dancing scene of 1771 was me. Everyone call me, oh, there she is. There's Pussy Galore. 
Oh, nice wash. I was. It was like me legs were made of elastic. Oh, I'd be swinging it out, swinging it back in again. Oh, me knees, they never saw so much work. They never did so many miles in one night. T'was enough training for the Olympics if we'd known what they'd been back then. Oh, would have beaten the whole lot of them. Would have beaten the whole lot of them. Oh, I was as fit as a fiddle and fine. Oh, you bet your bottom dollar on it. You bet your bottom dollar on it. Those Italian boys like to keep things sizzling. We used to be in a big circle on the dance floor and we'd all have our chance inside it. And when the boys got in the middle, oh, listen, the girls from everywhere they came, from behind the bar, from through the ceiling, up through the floorboards, out through the toilet doors, from behind pint glasses, oh, they'd come from everywhere, looking, gawping at them. Hoping for their own peace, a salami. And let me tell you, those boys were packing big lunches. I'm talking big, big lunches. Almost the lunches, which is dinner lunches. The tailors used to have to, especially for those... Italian mafia boys had to make something called a pants flank for their trousers, which was a special area made extendable and uh, good reason for it. Unfortunately, I read an article once about how many people's eyes are lost when they go on holidays in Sicily in the summer and they're very big fans of the diving boards and very big fans of speedos and whatever happens when they boink off the diving boards the poor misfortunate left in the pool watching or the size of the pool Ah. Uh, Unfortunately, some of them did get hit, and it uh, is very sad. But uh, an anomaly, you would say. The real challenge at the night, and this is what caused the, the most heartache and, well, bloodshed, if I'm to be honest. The boys, they all wore these black and white jazz shoes. They weren't jazz dancers as such, but they were very shiny. And let's just say their shoes were very, very important to them. Italian leather. Oh, they were beautiful-looking things. Things made for the stage. Things... That make a statement. You walk into the room wearing these shoes and people look up from their magazines and they say, oh, 
that person must be someone. Those kind of shoes. And when they were in the the clubs, the whole problem was the odd time someone would spill a drink and it may or may not end up in a splattering on these boys' shoes. Now, that didn't go down too well with them. And I tried my best to be the buffer. I'd say, oh, listen, please, Tony, just think twice. Don't, oh, God. And I, I wouldn't even have two words out of my mouth. And he'd have flown above my head and thrown himself onto the person, the poor person, whoever they were, who spilled their cocktail, their pina colada, or whatever, on a, oh... I'd be mortified. I'd be just trying to have a nice night. And someone had spilled something on one of their shoes, and oh my God, it was blue murder. Oh God. But that was the worst part of the night. I mean, trying to keep anything clean in a club is, oh, it, it's, it's very hard I remember even and this is going off on a sidetrack I once met a cleaner who had a very specific uh, niche covered all she had it down by her job was to clean up after orgies and that's something that I always had said if that's what mean the boys had got roped into us only something I'd be roped into anyway. No interest. No interest in that. I always thought to myself, who cleans up after this? Who cleans up after an orgy? Oh, it is very messy. Bits flying here, flying there. Oh. And you can't even see some of it the next day. Oh, it'll be up in the top corner of the ceiling. You might never find it until 50 years later and there's some poor painter painting the ceiling and scratching at it with his nail going, what's that? Oh, poor bastard. But this woman, this is what she did. She cleaned up after orgies. Oh, she made big bucks from it. Big, big bucks. It's a job no one wants to do. And oftentimes she'd find somebody in a cupboard or in a corner and, you know, they'd be out cold, recovering from overexertion or dehydrated and she'd be giving them some water from her mop bucket. And, oh, she was very good. But that was her specific job. She got a lot of work around the big cities like New York, London, Paris, Madrid. Oh, they were all crazy, crazy for the orgies. Oh, she had her travel paid for her and all, living the high life. But I'd say her hands aged from all of the sanitizing that she had to do, all of the bleach that she had to use. I'd say they aged about 50 years before she was 25. Oh, it was mad. 
But despite things being so hard to keep clean out clubbing or in an orgy, when these boys were heading outside for the next part of the night, which was either a kebab or, or an underground jazz club, which I'll tell you about, but they take a look over their outfit and they check that their white shirts, you know, the white blazer, the white trousers, the black and white jazz shoes, they'd make sure that there were no marks on them. They'd be looking over each other. They'd even be looking under the shoes. They'd be looking at the soles of the shoes. And I'd be sweating. I'd be like, oh, God, if they didn't see who splattered their trousers or their shoes, they're just going to find anyone. Oh, God, please, God, let them still be clean. Some of the time, the whole 14 of them didn't have any splatters on them because they had such a rep around the towns that, you know, people would, would really try very hard not to spill anything. They were very good. But on the occasions when they did see splatter, they'd go very, very quiet. Or very quiet. And I'd be just silently praying. And I'd be like, oh, God, Tony's going to go off on one now. Oh, he's going to go off on one. And they'd be sad. You could see it affect them. Very sad. Anyway, the next part of the night, after they checked their outfits and their shoes, the holla, and they were sure that head-bossed anyone or taken care of any of the business or got rid of any of the extra energy they'd had after dancing all night, causing a stir. And they'd have, you know, the ladies they picked out. And then the next thing it always... Well, I'd have to get me curry cheese garlic chips. Oh, couldn't have... Couldn't have a night out without them. Now I'd be eating this this tub of this tub of glory, this tub of orange brown glory. I'd be eating this without restraint. And all the boys, what they'd do sitting around, they'd protect themselves. They'd be putting napkins all around their necks and all over their suits. They'd be used to this part of the night and they know that I'd be getting carried away and, you know. So they'd protect themselves. We'd sit and we'd have a laugh and a chat and a catch-up. And then the next part of the night, we go to this 24-hour wasn't exactly underground, but it was, it was fairly hidden away. Jazz club. Oh, there was there was some very very strange types at this. You'd find anything from the president of the United States to pirates, 
to an owner of export-import business. Anyone. Anyone you can think of. Even the cleaner of orgies on standby in the corner. She'd be there as well, just in case it kind of took off into something else. Do you know what I mean? And she'd walk in the door and there'd be someone singing away in a jazzy way, you know. A doopa 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 goulash at the end of the rainbow. Doopa 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 Absolute gold. Those kind of ones be singing about things don't make any sense. Not to a working woman like myself and the boys who be putting in long, hard hours. Then these these gowls in the jazz club, but it was the only place open, so we'd go there. And somehow everyone was still standing up by the time they got here. This was post-taxi crew. That's what I say. You know, the people who were ready for the taxi after the club. Lightweight. Lightweight. We were the ones that went on and on and on and on and on. Oh, on and on and on and on and on and on. Smiling from ear to ear. Ready for more. You know, on the spirits. Uh, there was no beer. None of that. None of the wine. Straight spirits. Whack it on, whack it on, Jack. There was even a guy at 5 a.m. dressed as an armadillo who used to come down from the roof. He had straps on him, like you'd see at the teaser or the Cirque du Soleil. And he'd come down like no one's business. You'd be in the middle of a conversation with someone. You know, you'd be talking about what you did that morning. You had the cornflakes. Then you put the butter, not the margarine or the fake butter, on the bread. You enjoyed it. You opened the blinds, that kind of thing. And then you'd have an armadillo in front of your face. And we never found out who was under the costume, but he'd choose someone different every night to surprise. And I wonder if it was the same guy. And it was very small and pokey, the place, as it was. And I don't know where he came down from because there was a, a dodgy-looking rafter up there uh, didn't look very strong and he was a big boy let's put it that way he was not on the big salami that I was hanging around with you know those big boys but yeah he was a big boy the armadillo and you know it was like getting hit across the face with with a cannonball 
in the dead of the night. You know, thrown by Hulk Hogan or the likes of him. Came out of nowhere. And I've never heard anything like that since. That's that's very serious commitment. And he may even have been an out-of-work actor. Who knows? But it added, it added a certain charm and everyone loved him. Although no one was able to hear anything he had to say over the weight and thickness of his costume. But unfortunately for him, and it was true what we thought about the rafter, uh, he fell all the way to the ground full force with, the, with his full, his full, you know, his full weight, you know, that's, yeah. And that was, that was a very sad one. Um, and he wasn't coming down to surprise me that day, which I am thankful for. Uh, it, was, it was someone else, and, uh, yeah. So, you know, that was that was a, a dampener on the evening and a reminder that, you know, you never know when the ground is going to meet you, yeah? That's definitely something to keep in mind. That uh, jazz club closed down, unfortunately, only last week. It was bleed money, bleeding it, and it turned out no one knew, no one knew. But there was um, a very greedy fox in the basement, drinking and eating the place dry. And somehow the fox had been there so often and sampled everything. But what really got us, what really was draining the most money, was the fox's thirst. I mean thirst, when I say thirst, I mean gallons, 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 gallons. For for bourbon, he couldn't get enough of it. And the barman, Jimmy, he said, oh, you know, my clientele loves bourbon so much. He was saying this to one of the, the, the lads, the Italians. He was saying, Tony, they love bourbon so much, I can't, I can't keep up with the guzzlers. And unbeknownst to him, it was a fox drinking him dry. So, with the armadillo dying and the fox guzzling his money, unfortunately, he had to shut down. And that was that. Very sad. End of an era.